Welcome back to the Dare to Dream podcast. My name is Vincent Van Patten, and this is a podcast to inspire you to embark on the adventure of your life. This weekend, went with some of my best friends here to an event in the hills of Kyoto called the Kurama, Kurama, I believe, the fire festival in this town, Kurama. It was unlike anything I've ever experienced. And while, you know, this is life and times are often difficult, there's still so many moments here in Japan that just... I can't believe, I can't believe I'm here experiencing this daily life and then experiences like this that are just so otherworldly and this one. So it's the five of us spent the day in Kyoto, which I just, I think I've been there the last three or four Sundays, just as little day trips. It's just such a beautiful city. It just, it's like healing. And so grateful just to be able to hop on the train from Osaka, take about an hour, and I'm in this one of the most ancient and beautiful cities in the world. That, that is why I moved here, for experiences and moments and opportunities like that, that you can't really, you can't really get unless you, well, unless you're Japanese. You're born and raised here, but unless you kind of just take a chance and do something that you think might make you happy or just it sounds interesting in that moment. I didn't move to Japan thinking I'm going to live in Osaka so I could go to Kyoto on the on Sundays. It's just something that I started doing and it has helped me through a lot of this, these difficulties just because it's a place where everything is just so beautiful and simple and blends with nature and the architecture is just you know un unreal and just makes life kind of simple that you don't really need much besides well for me i think it's just it's beauty it's it's getting lost in a in an ancient city <laughs> an old town and just kind of finding yourself you know couple weeks ago i just needed to okay i'll come back to the fire story <laughs> the fire festival just needed to clear my head and went to kyoto at night at like seven and just wandered in the hills by myself usually during the day these shrines are so crowded with tourists and a lot of people say kyoto is kind of just overrun with tourists and it is definitely crowded because it's one of the most famous cities in the world but I like that energy of people coming to appreciate it and just seeing countless faces and everybody's just just interested in this beautiful place. And I love being a part of that. But I went that night and it was just, you know, me and what's beautiful about Japan and awesome is that the shrines stay open overnight. So we called it night shrining the first time I came here with my squadron of nine people back in 2019. Because you go at night and there's hardly anybody and the lanterns are all lit up, God to yourself. And I just wandered through the hills and it was a difficult day, difficult moment. And 
I just felt so in awe of this experience in life and what I'm dealing with and what I'm overcoming. And it's just that reminder of how simple life can be, how fresh air and just some time to think and nature really heals us. And we need it. We need time to get away. And so that was that. And yeah, this weekend, this fire festival in this town, Kurama, it was, we get there, it takes about an hour from Kyoto on the train. And we just end up in, you know, the train is pulling into the station and we just start seeing these bonfires. This town just aglow with countless fires not out of not like the town wasn't on fire there's just fires everywhere controlled bonfires lining the roads and people with torches just walking in the streets and it's one of those things where i can't imagine how this would be okay anywhere else but japan because people just have respect for the way things are there's not people causing problems and you know maybe in america the uk or the west there'd be hooligans and this is a massive generalization but just (laughs) causing problems and you know drinking and wanting to you fire you think that something would go wrong but nothing did i mean they had tons of fire brigade and such but like it was so controlled and most insane experience just these this ancient tradition of people they would walk through the town with these massive this is what they did on sunday with these massive torches just heaved over their shoulders and just chanting this chant in japanese and it was one of the coolest things ever the pine trees surrounding us and the river running through the town the fire everywhere everybody in this ancient garb you know the it just looked like it would have been besides all the selfie sticks and cameras and whatnot looks like it would have been the year 1500 it's crazy so that's one of the good things that's been going on and i wrote a story over the weekend I was in my newsletter over the weekend but worked on it last week called don't give up because last week it's kind of the end of a series of difficult weeks and kind of a difficult season. And much of it had to do with my back pain and just dealing with this chronic pain. But it was a difficult time. You know, the Israel-Palestine uh, war broke out. The Hamas terrorists went into Israel and just did barbaric things that just unfathomable quite literally and having friends in Israel it was just put me in a dark place just what the fuck is going on like how is this possible and just dealing with that and I definitely think that maybe exacerbated my back pain because my emotions were kind of all over the place and it was a tough Tough week, tough week. Cried at work on my break a little bit, just sitting in the alleyway. And as you know, if you've listened to this or if you 
read my writing or if you know me personally that this the pain and the struggle and the darkness is part of the journey and very necessary part very beautiful part of it because i believe i mean i can't conceive and understand obviously what what is going on in israel but that my heart just goes out to those people who are suffering on both sides israel and palestine and but with what we endure our challenges the things we face this derives from me dealing with back pain for the last seven years and trying to understand it and coming out of it which i am in this in this phase going work working on a you know i'm in the program like i've talked before where i finally have hope to come out of it but i believe our challenges are happening for us not to us and i think we have to believe that or else we'll just spiral down a pit of negativity and victimhood where why is this happening to me and this is something that i've thought countless times over the last seven years but as hard as it is we have to believe our challenges are happening for us because when we do overcome them we're better for it stronger hopefully our hearts have opened up and it's easier said than done many of us don't overcome just the negativity that pain brings upon us and it is the hardest thing in the world but we have to and you know what do i write about what do i what has my life become in the last it's my throughout my 20s since i really fell into this writing and sharing lifestyle and embarked on this career path of sharing my voice and my thoughts with the world and learning just trying to understand what we're doing here and what makes a life worth living and you know i tell people that i'm a travel writer because that is truly what i love and when i can travel it's i write about it and i hope that people find it interesting but more than that i just i write about the experience of being alive and that is not an easy experience but what my writing and what my life has turned into is i create to inspire and my difficulties have made me fight to be the light and that has given me more meaning than traveling ever could it's through this dealing with chronic pain where i found my purpose and that is to inspire others and to instill hope in myself and in the world and i think we need it right now more than ever and like everybody there are days when i just can't fathom the blessings that i've received you know arbitrarily i didn't choose this life it's was just given to me we're born into a certain life a role a body a soul a heart and we our only choice is what we make of it we can choose our family but we can choose our friends I mean, I blessed my family, but many of us, you know, we struggle. We decide what happens in our life, how we face our problems, how we shape our perspective of them, and that is who we become. There is no ceiling on who we can become, but we really have to dig deep and decide who that's going to be. 
in the midst of winter, wrote the philosopher Albert Camus. I found there was within me an invincible summer, and that makes me happy, for it says that no matter how hard the world pushes against me, within me there is something stronger, something better, pushing right back. You know, my back pain, that is just the... That is the that is the, the chosen poison for me, and I say poison because pick your poison is a is a common phrase. That's the thing that I'm dealing with, and you know, there's obviously I deal with the same emotions and struggles and mental hurdles as everybody else, but that is the serious obstacle in my life that I'm struggling against. But if it wasn't that, what else would it be? You know, it might be migraines for somebody else that they just cannot escape. It might be money problems or anxiety or fear or un- unexpected sickness. It might be the worst of circumstances, the terrorism, death, and this unfathomable evil that is currently taking place in the world. And, you know, we're all hurting in some way. But it's as if we're not supposed to show that. And that is why I... I still struggle with posting this stuff on social media, like these more vulnerable posts and writing. I want to just be writing about taking a day trip in Kyoto and the beauty of nature and all that stuff. And I do because I think we need both of that. But I need to be posting and sharing this stuff too because underneath the surface, we are all dealing. We're all struggling and dealing with stuff. And the world is most definitely hurting. And the more we can share that, the more we connect and relate and get down to what we really are as human beings. And I'm reading two epic books right now. One is The School of Life by Elaine de Botton. And he says, There can wisely be no solutions, no self-help, of a kind that removes problems altogether. What we can aim for, at best, is consolation. A philosophy of consolation directs us to two important solves, understanding and companionship, a grasping what a problem is and knowing that we are not alone with it. Understanding does not magically remove the pain, but it has the power to reduce a range of secondary aggravations and fears. It helps immensely to know that we are, we are in company. Despite the upbeat tone of society in general, there's solace in the discovery that everyone else is in private, of course as bewildered and regretful as we are. I, with my back pain specifically, I was lost completely before this program, Backability Blueprint with Brendan Backstrom, the first person I've ever come across who has not just talks about uh, physical therapy, or not to say no physical therapist work or anything, but most have not gone through a back injury. So they they do what they can. They you know, they they have what they know, but most have not been through this experience and can't put themselves in the shoes shoes of somebody who's going through it to say this is what actually works instead of this might work. Kind of just band-aids instead of getting to this the source. But in this program there's almost two hundred people dealing with this like me. And as this quote in parts, having that 
community of people. Not that we have all been fixed. None of us have been fixed completely, but just to have other people sharing their stories and sharing how they're hurting and sharing what they're doing to get through it. That helps so much. It's not just the workouts that have got me through this. It is just being a part of seeing that other people are struggling with the same thing and we're still making it through it. So the more that we can share, that is how we actually make it through. But it's as if, you know, on social media, like Instagram, I don't know what else people use, TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, uh, we are expected to show these perfect lives. Like I, I'm always in my head, like, oh, people don't want to see or read about your pain. They want to see the cool stuff. And that's what we're supposed to show. And I don't want to have my profile like about back pain and stuff. I want to be about traveling and having fun. And it's so funny how we want to see people's vulnerabilities because that we're all going through it. That we're expected to keep up this facade that none of us are. And it's this place where we just see, we're inundated by perfection and pe- the, the image that people want to portray themselves as, which is often these perfect, not perfect, but as cool of a life or, more, or just interesting as possible. Yet, I mean, just as an example, from sending my newsletter this weekend and sharing the story, don't give up, I've had multiple of the most heartfelt, just powerful responses that I've ever had to my writing and people who sincerely needed what I shared. What I shared was just the fact that I'm hurting too and there is hope. And that just showed me how important it is that I can't stop because of the fear that, you know, just the fear of being vulnerable. I can't stop sharing because we need it. And Alain de Baton says in the book, again, any idea of the normal currently in circulation is not an accurate map of what is customary for a human to be. We are, each one of us, far more more compulsive, anxious, sexual, tender, mean, generous, playful, thoughtful, dazed and at sea than we are encouraged to accept. The misunderstanding begins with the basic fact about our minds, that we know through immediate experience what is going on inside us but but can only know about others from what they choose to tell us which will almost always be a very edited version of the truth we know our somewhat shocking reality from close up we are left to guess about other people's from what their faces tell us which is not very much we simply cannot trust that sides of our deep selves will have counterparts in those we meet and so remain silent and shy struggling to believe the imposing, competent strangers we encounter can have any of the vulnerabilities, perversions, and idiocies we're so intimately familiar with inside our own characters. Isn't true? I, for example, in these last couple of weeks, when people ask, like, just how you doing? As we all do, how are you? I've kind of just been saying, I'm just, I'm hanging on. I'm getting through it. (laughs) I'm not great but doing all right. And it is off put, a bit off-putting. People don't really know how to respond, but other people kind of opened up what's going on. Not to say you have to just tell everybody that you're, you're hurting, but it's like we are expected to be this cookie-cutter 
spirit when really deep down we are all these just myriad of lunatics in a certain sense and uh he calls it um hold on a sane insanity he says it makes no sense to aim for sanity we should fix instead on the goal of achieving a wise knowledgeable and self-possessed relationship with our manifold insanities or what can be termed sane insanity what separates the sane insane from the simply insane is the honest personable and accurate grasp that they have on what is not entirely right with them they may not be wholly balanced but they don't have the additional folly of insisting on their normalcy they can admit with good grace and no particular loss of dignity they are naturally deeper they are naturally deeply peculiar at myriad points. They do not go out of the way to hide from us what they get up to in the night, in their sad moments, when anxiety strikes, or during attacks of envy. They can, at their best, be dryly funny about the tragedy of being human. They lay bare the fears, doubts, longings, desires, and habits that don't belong to the story we commonly tell ourselves about who we are. The sane and sane among us are not a special category of the mentally unwell. They represent the most evolved, possibility for a mature human being i love that the sane insanity because we all i mean we all are this unless you are actually insane and that's like he was saying when maybe you insist on being sane but if you can or you're you know mentally unwell but if you can say and look at yourself and be like yeah i am a little fucked up and there's nothing wrong with that. We're expected to be this perfect, you know, on the surface, everything is just, just glassy as surface of a lake. But underneath it's, <laughs> it is stormy. Maybe that's the sea. <laughs> but the sane, insane, the sane, insane among us, me being one of these, I think, is that we could say that I'm going through stuff. I have these weird tendencies that other people have in their own different ways. I'm hurting. I'm happy. I'm different emotions all at once. And that's okay. You know, we can share in this ludicrousy, if that's a word, ludicrous. And what I also like about that is being able to laugh about it. Like at a certain point, we have to just laugh at how hard, how absurd, how strange, how fucking just insane this world and this life can be and is. And it is hard, but laughing, crying, it's the same thing. It is a release tension that we hold and, you know, that just helps us move through it. Talking is the same thing. And... As I was saying earlier, I'm trying to be more vulnerable and really finding my purpose through sharing difficulties that I'm going through. And like I said, in this difficulty, I've really found so much meaning, just like sharing and getting those responses from this newsletter. And it's because I'm, you know, I'm not just saying like, you have to be the light, you have to, everything has to be good because I'm kind of saying the opposite, I'm saying in the difficulty, that is when we need to be the strongest and 
Maybe being strong means breaking down, crying to your friend. That is strong, I think, you know, being able to get through that and then keep moving. And Alan Watts, another philosopher in his book, uh, In My Own Way, autobiography, really good. He's talking about how he is, I mean, in different words, but he's saying how he is a sane, insane person and just how philosophers may be seen as these holy beings that, you know, everything is perfect and they're sitting on a mountaintop, legs crossed, not moving. But he was this kind of just outrageous human who, you know, just had his follies and his vices, and but he still was seeking truth and light and trying to be it. And he says about the darkness, where else, or the light which shines the brightest in the darkness, where else could it shine? Where else could light shine but in the darkness so brightly? Think about a beautiful sunny day. Can you see? How do I explain that? Light shines the brightest in the darkness. That is why I have become who I am, because I have fought to be this light in my travails and difficult moments. And I do what I do to show us that we as human beings are incredibly strong and we can always make it through it. We got each other. I'm reading another awesome book and very exciting because I was in a bit of a book spell before picking up these two. The first was The School of Life. The other is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And the book's about a girl who thinks her life isn't worth living. She's alone. She feels like she's just screwing things up. And she tries to kill herself and ends up in this library with endless books. Each is a different path that her life could have taken. And if she could regret, if she could erase her regrets and do things differently. So she could pick up, pick a book from the bookshelf, go into that life and see if she did something, even the smallest thing, slightly differently, how her life would have changed. She has all these, all these regrets. She didn't become an Olympic swimmer. She didn't take the chance and go be a glaciologist in the fjords of Norway like she dreamed of. She didn't mend the relationship with her brother, all this stuff. Yet she sees by living in each one of those lives where she's ostensibly successful and happy that each has its own set of problems. And I'm not done with the book, but I imagine she's going to realize in the end that she can change things in her root life. She can make the changes now because she really wouldn't want things to be a different way because we just don't know. Like for me, I could tell myself, why me? Why is this happening? Why am I in pain every day? And like, how? How? I didn't deserve it. Just all this stuff. Being the victim. But I would not wish for my life to be any other way. And that is the truth because I have so much to be grateful for. And it has made me become somebody I'm genuinely proud to be. Like without this pain, who knows if I would build this inner citadel, the sanctum of peace and love and healing, which every day, you know, pain tries to shatter yet 
This inner citadel is built stronger each time that I choose love over bitterness and rage and envy. I'm constructing this unbreakable spirit through getting through this and inspiring people along the way. We just don't know if things weren't the way they are or, you know, things that we wish or hope and believe that would make us happy, changes in our lives. We don't know what our lives would truly be. All we have is what we, all we have is what we have and what we make of it. And last week when I was hurting pretty bad, I just wrote on Instagram, don't give up. And I was on the train, tears in my eyes, and I just, I needed that message because I was feeling really low. And I'm like, God damn it, what do I do? Don't give up. And I thought, well, if I need this right now, there's got to be somebody else who needs it. So I posted that. And without this pain, who knows if I would ever post something like that? Who knows if I would embark on this life of inspiring and having faith and a friend told me that he needed to see those words exactly when i posted it and that just shows me how strange and miraculous this life is if we could somehow see that our problems our challenges difficulties are setting us up not setting us back the man we just got to keep going. Got to continue. Love you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Don't give up whatever you're going through. Whether it's a challenge, a dream, a project, just surviving. Whether it's being somebody else in need. Do not give up. Much, much love.